adesso parte il tiro, rete, 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 un gol straordinario. Hi everybody, welcome to Rete This Way, a calcio podcast that brings you news and analysis from the world of Serie A and European soccer all the way from little old Canada. Uh, here today we have Chris, the handsome one, Baselli. Chris, say hi. Hello everyone. Uh, Paolo, the bad boy, Pablito Mangoni. Hi, everyone. Julian, the shy one, D'Angelo. How's everybody doing? <laughs> uh, and myself, Michael, the sensitive one, D'Angelo. <laughs> um, now, yeah, off the bat, I just want to uh, acknowledge that we did have a few other names uh, that were possible for this podcast. Uh, and we kind of we went with right to this way, right to this way, <laughs> um, just because it, it sounded funny, and I could imagine uh, Paulo saying it uh, and like kind of luring people into listening to the, uh, the podcast. And, and that it's a nice visual for me. Uh, might not be a nice visual for a lot of people, but uh, uh, what else do we have, guys? We had Calcio e Pepe, but uh, that was taken. We had uh, Death Taxes and Serie A that got voted yeah. down pretty quickly. So Yeah, for, fairly quickly. I think um, was... Not mad about it. Was, it. It was uh, Total Calcio. It was a play on words of Toto Calcio, which is the Italian betting uh, Schedina. Yeah, see, that's I didn't get that, and maybe that's why. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't get it until yeah, now either, either. So I just thought it was like, yeah, it's all Calcio. I get that, but uh, yeah. We had uh, Varfanculo. V-A-R-P. Another good one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Varfanapoli. We, we, we want to keep it as family-friendly as possible, so. That's it, yeah. yeah. I mean, we could have done uh, VAR Departy, but this is not a PL uh, Premier League podcast, right? This is kind of, well, I mean, it's European. Well, we'll, we'll, maybe we'll get to EL, or uh, sorry, PL eventually, but um, yeah. Yeah. Anyways, right to this way. Right to this way to the, the Calcio uh, news that you guys crave. So let's, <laughs> uh, let's kick it off. Um, okay, so I guess the big news this week... Uh, was pretty big. I mean, we kind of expected it, I think, uh, with the way that Juventus' season ended um, with uh, Sadi getting the boot. But it was very quick, I'd say. Yeah, it was a little weird. It was, I mean, I think most people knew Sarri was going to be gone at the end of the year. There wasn't really that much confidence in him. Um, but, yeah, pointing Pirlo was just really quick to me. It was like a week ago. It's like, oh, yeah, he's a new coach of the Primavera squad. And now it's like, oh, yeah, he's the new coach. Period. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, they, they definitely, they knew going into that Lyon match that if if we don't come away with the win, Sadi's getting the boot. And with how quick they appointed Pirlo, I'm I'm convinced they, they, they knew he was their guy. Well, that's uh, it. And they had to have known before. Absolutely. Match, again, that they were going to do it. They, I mean, I think regardless, it was kind of like, from the start, I guess when they appointed him, that it was gonna, like it was almost like they just didn't really have any. I, I think in the middle of the season, when you could tell the players weren't really like doing what you know Sarismo is, I think they kind of just like decided, you know, like they had to make something happen. So, Mike, to your point, um, you know, Angeli was like, "Yeah, we made this right after the uh, the appointed Pirlo, saying that we made this decision." Uh, uh, you know, a couple of months ago. I mean, then how come you didn't communicate that decision to Sari, who, you know, uh, a day, like a couple of days before the Lyon game was saying, oh, the club won't make a decision based off one game. I mean, mm. like, how do you go from uh, Sari saying the club won't make a decision off of one game to being sacked in, in the span of 48 hours? That's, yeah. I mean, I mean that... he wasn't wrong. He wasn't wrong. It wasn't one game that <laughs> determined, you know, that he was going to yeah, get fired. He's but... welcome. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't know. Yeah, like I, I think what really like a little bit he was in over his head. But I mean, he's he's won before. He, I mean, in Europe at least in uh, Europa League, mm-hmm. that was kind of it, right? So it's, I think Juventus probably just had bigger expectations. Um, and I think again, for me, ultimately, I think the squad just didn't kind of take to it. And and that, I think that's that's what that's why he was fired. I mean the. If you if you if you go based off of what Bonucci said, and we all know we all we all have our our, our deep opinions on Bonucci, but he said <laughs> he said quote uh, our objective was uh, winning the scudetto, so they won the scudetto, and then all of a sudden again, all of a sudden maybe you know two three hours later, uh, that wasn't the objective anymore. I mean 
the problem was with that team was either a they're making excuses or b uh, they lost confidence in their in their manager and that was ultimately the reason why he was sacked. Yeah, it's a combination of all those things. I, I don't think anyone, well, not anyone. Most people aren't going to argue that Sadi should have kept his job. Um, I think you, you look at a club like Juve, there's, the expectation is, is always going to be Scudetto and then success in Europe. Obviously, they, the success in Europe wasn't there. I think the, the argument comes in for who, who replaced them. Um, and you're bringing in a guy with, he has an incredible resume as a player, uh, but as a coach, there's nothing there. And literally, literally, <laughs> literally uh, he doesn't even have his badges actually. Yeah. Yeah. And then you, if you look at the most recent Serie A um, coaches to come in with zero managing experience, I'm, I'm going to look to my Milan here. It's, it's Clarence Seedorf and people and Zaghi. And uh, yeah. again, f- for those who, who don't remember, they, they didn't last long. Um, and really, I mean, Seedorf to this day still hasn't had a, a successful managerial career. Uh, and Enzaghi, we'll see. Uh, him, him and uh, Benevento are, are, are looking better, but it wasn't a good start to their managerial career. And you can say that part of that came from their lack of experience with their first job at a big club. So um, that's my take on that anyways. Yeah, no, that's fair. I think Pirlo... It just seems, I mean, again, as a player, you can tell that he just operated differently than a lot of players would. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, again, he thinks, therefore he plays, right? That's his book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Great book, by uh, the way. Hopefully, th- yeah, great book. Um, hopefully he thinks, therefore he can coach. I think it sounds like they, again, Juve clearly have, um, you know, faith in him. And I think that's, it's not unjustified, but it's, uh, it is a big, it's a big, I think, leap of faith. Absolutely. Yeah, I think, like, it's a very, very big leap of faith. It's I'm just trying to, like, if there's any other team that would have done this, would the media have been as polite as they are to Juve? You know what I mean? Oh, oh God, no. The media is coming out saying, like, oh, he's going to be, like, Guardiola. He's going to be, like, Zidane. And it's like, <laughs> will he? Like, we we don't know. There's no resume. We really don't know. He could be. I'm not saying it's not going to work, but... Mm-hmm. That's we a good really point. don't know at this point. And I mean, and to, to Zidane's credit, he even he was the Real Madrid B team manager, if I can call him that, for two seasons, maybe only one season, but at least there was some sort of experience he could draw from. Um, same with Pep, he managed Barca B for for two seasons, maybe a bit more. Um, so there was there was something there. Was a Pirlo's coming in with a blank slate? So it'll be interesting. I I for one hope. Uh, it ends terribly as a Milan <laughs> fan, but um, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, I think uh, again, it, it depends a lot on what um, what kind of players they can bring in into the squad because you know that that squad needed a lot of revamping and like they're calling it whatever rejuvenation. It it needed it for sure, and I mean mm-hmm. you can already see with some sales that have been happening. But yeah, I think it it, it he. I think they're going to try and put him in a good position uh, to succeed just because it's Pirlo. Like, I feel like you can't just leave him out to dry like you would have done Sari, which apparently they, they did. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's, that's it. Yeah, I think it's, it's totally, it, it's kind of up in the air. I think everyone can kind of acknowledge that, but again, he just has to, you know, come out strong with like, again, you, if he has ideas, if they are so wowed by his ideas, just bring them and implement them. And that's all that he can do. Right. So for me, it's um, it goes. Uh, you touch on the point of player confidence. I mean, sorry, lost confidence in the players. I mean, you can if you if you believe the reports that that came out after his sacking, where he was making jokes about how he lost two Scudettis to Juventus, and now he's coaching them. I mean, when you make jokes like that, if you look, at, uh, I don't know if you've seen the da- uh, the Damned United. Uh, it was a, a kind of like a bi- a biopic on. Um, Brian Kloss' time at Leeds United, who was before that he was coaching Derby County, and it was a big rivalry at that point, and it didn't work well because he was trying to implement the same style of play that he had at Derby in a team that who didn't like him, and it was the same. It was the same situation at at, at Juventus. You had Sari who tried to play uh, uh, his his style, 
the players didn't respond and they booted him out after a season. So uh, if you talk about ideas, I think, I think the event is management were are trying to reg- uh, to get back the confidence that the players lost in them. And, and for me, the play uh, that it wasn't for me, was sorry. wasn't on the chopping block. I don't blame sorry for, for any of this. I blame the sporting director, probably uh, Paratici who did not build a squad to yeah, exactly. a European level. I mean, you have, a Serious C player, Marco. I don't blame him, but uh, a serious Marco Olivieri coming on, uh, in the second uh, with 10 minutes to go, uh, because the Bala got injured. I'm like, that's not that is that should not happen. That should not yeah. happen at a club like Juventus. Yeah, I'll agree. And that would be my not, yeah, that would be my strongest argument for why Sadi should have kept his job is that exactly his system, um, relies a lot on timing and rhythm. And he need he needs a certain player profile, and I think he had one s- summer transfer window, um, really to to bring players in that fit that system. So, I feel like winning the Scudetto in year one uh, should have been enough for him to keep his job, give him another transfer window um, to bring in the players that that he wants, and then at that point, after a second season, if he still can't bring the club to the level they want to be at, then maybe you bring in Pirlo who potentially could have had a year of experience with the U23 or U21. So um, that, yeah, that'd be the one argument, I guess, f- for him keeping his job, but uh, we'll never know. Yeah, exactly. that's a great point. Yeah. Again, mm-hmm. it, it could have been, exactly. We, we, we could have been a year from now, and then, then again, a lot of those decisions could have made a lot more sense. But mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, again, they're built, they were built for Italian soccer. Like, you know, Serie A, we kind of knew that. Uh, and we knew that CL was always kind of a pipe dream, so I, I'm not surprised. Uh, mm. But Inter is doing pretty well. Uh, I mean, they're still in it in in Europa. <laughs> the only uh, Italian team managed to survive the last round. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, I'll take a lead on this one because I'm being Inter fan here. Um, they've honestly they've looked very good. Conte is stuck with the three five two as opposed to the three four one two that they kind of ended the season with. Um, I know nobody's really a huge fan of Gallardini, but he kind of works. <laughs> I don't know how, but somehow it's working. They have, I think, <laughs> one goal allowed in the past six games, maybe seven. I find that Conte has that ability, though. He he kind of brings out, uh, like, just I, I don't know, I don't know how to say it. I don't know if it's like potential or just again, just brings out anything that that player can have. Like, look at, like, Jacarini, for yeah, example. Exactly, yeah. You read my <laughs> mind. Like, I'm cringing, <laughs> Mike, but you read my mind. You, know, you guys know how I feel about Jacarini. But, um, yeah, no, I, I agree, Mike. He, cool. he he finds a way to, to pull stuff out of players. And I think, specifically, I mean, Julian, you can probably attest to it because you've, you've definitely watched most games. But he he obviously plays a certain system. It's a 3-5-2, and he, he knows what type of player he wants for each position uh, and he goes and finds a player that can do it. I mean, i.e., you know, Ashley Young and Victor Moses to be those wing backs. Uh, most, most, you know, fans and, you know, maybe managers would look at them as, you know, older players that probably don't play at a high level anymore or can't play at a high level, but here they are um, playing for Inter, finish second um, and, you know, potentially going to be playing in a Europa League final. So it's yeah. interesting. Ashley Young, when he came over, he, I mean, he came over in January, he finished the season with four goals, four assists. Like, those are pretty good numbers in half a season. Absolutely. For a player that most people thought was kind of washed up after his time uh, in England. So Yeah. Like, you guys mentioned Jack Green. Another player I would add to that list is Antonio Kondreva. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> He's been... Yeah. He's been okay. He's been hit and miss, but he's been kind of rotate a lot. I know D'Ambrosio started the past couple of games just to give them a little bit more defensive ability on their right side. Um, but yeah, Kandreva, he's, I don't know, he's another one. Somehow he'll have his games where he's the best player on the pitch. And yeah, it doesn't make sense to me. Trust me. I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't make sense to me. And then I guess on, on the flip side, like I, you mentioned uh, Julian, the, number of goals that enters allowed in the past few games, which I always expect Conte coach teams to be organized defensively. But then you have a club like Atalanta who, and not that Inter are boring to watch, but I think we would all agree that Atalanta in terms of Serie A clubs anyways, are the most entertaining 
Um, I, I don't know if I watched an Atlanta game this year that that was boring where I ended up turning it off early. Uh, fun to watch, but didn't show up uh, when they needed to in those most important moments, um, which is you know why they're they're knocked out now. But I think for a club that has a budget the size of you know some championship English championship oh, teams yeah. or lower lower table uh, prem clubs. Uh, it's impressive, none nonetheless, uh, for what they've done in Serie A and what they did in Europe. What, what you really think about it? So well, totally. I mean, again, reaching uh, just get, reaching the 90th minute, I guess, with uh, PSG mm-hmm. and being in the lead, right? Like that's that's not nothing, you know. Like it it just kind of sucked how it ended, obviously, and that's mm-hmm. kind of that's just what I guess Gasparini kind of that's his style, right? He, he's always attacking. It doesn't matter what's happening, what else is happening. Like you see with the subs, right? That he made. Yep. It, it kind of wasn't like, okay, we're not going to step back. Like we have a one, nothing lead. Let's just kind of keep pressing and pressing. And like, that's sometimes that works for sure. Again, it, it's, it's, you know, this is their second year in a row where they're, they finished third in today. Right. Yep. So, you know, they're, they're beating teams like Lazio ended up finishing fourth and, you know, Napoli obviously had a down season, but they're, you know, ahead of them as well. So it's, it's working. Uh, and it's again, like you said, it's beautiful to see, but it's uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of like, unfortunate that I guess it, it does have its drawbacks for sure. So I, I saw a stat that uh, Neymar's wages uh, covers Atalanta's whole team bill, like oh, whole, whole, wage, whole, whole wage bill. Yeah. So I mean, to, to for a team like that, who maybe you know five ten years ago can be labeled as a, a provinciale team, you know, mm-hmm. to 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 finish the season in the quarterfinals of a, of a European cup, the first time in, in almost 30 years. I mean, it, it's quite an accomplishment for, for Italian soccer, uh, for Italian calcio uh, that, you know, that we wouldn't have thought about, you know, 10 years ago. And going back to, uh, to a point that you made, Mike, about, about pressing and, 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 and tactical decisions you know, I saw a tweet after a game, uh, after the game by, uh, you know, a very famous French coach, uh, Raymond Dominic. And uh, Chris, I wanted to get your thought on uh, on this. His, he criticized Gasparini's uh, decisions in, in his in his subs, and I just wanted to get get what you thought about about those subs and whether Dominic had a point or whether he was just being uh, a, a you know a, a vindictive old man. <laughs> <laughs> um... Yeah, so I, I think hindsight's always twenty twenty. So if if Gasparini keeps maintains his group's pressing throughout the game and they go out and win, and we're, they score three goals, and right? it, yeah, we're sitting here and and you know the football world is sitting here talking about how much of a genius he is. You know, look how brave they were. They were up oh, a goal. Geez. They continued to press. Um, he continued with his pressing. They ended up losing. So then you have people like Raymond Domenech who are who are now criticizing him. Um, as as a coach or, or manager, if I'm Gasparini, I, I go with what the group knows. Uh, what have you been working on all year? What are you good at? Uh, and that's been playing, you know, high tempo, high pressing, attractive football. So um, I I don't I don't blame him f- for doing what he did. Um, to the other question, Paulo. So regarding subs, um, I believe I never I never followed up with it. Maybe you, you can. Uh, you could speak more to it. Right. Papu Gomez came off rather early for me. Now he it, it looked like he had a knock. Yeah. And I, I think that's what it was because okay. he, because I was watching the game and he took a bad, look, look like a nasty stomp on the ankle. Right. And, and when he came off, he was wincing. I'm like, well, he, that's what, that's one of the subs where you can tell right away. I'm like, okay, well, this might not end well. Like that mm-hmm. was like, that was the, for me, the turning point of, of, of the game. Is when Papu Gomez came off. Agreed. When, go ahead. No. Uh, yeah, I, I was just gonna say. So uh, that that for me as well is when the game changed. Um, I, I think you, I've mentioned it to you guys, but for me, Papu Gomez was the the Serie A MVP, and that's uh, you know a, a discussion maybe for a different day. But um, yeah, you could definitely tell how Atalanta in possession changed big time when he when he came off the pitch and. Um, I think yeah that that swung the the match in PSG's favor. But uh, to answer yeah. your first question, I, I definitely I, I wouldn't criticize Gasparini for his tactical decisions because like I said, it's uh, it, had they won the game, we'd be we'd be praising his decisions. So yeah, exactly. I mean, here's just to uh, kind of bookend it. Uh, Papu yeah. uh, was subbed off at the 59th minute. Yeah, so that's a half hour of 
you know, without him. And you're right. Like, I mean, technically Dybala uh, <laughs> won the <laughs> MVP. But, but that's it. You're taking off an MVP caliber player. Uh, I mean, not that Malinowski who came in is like, you know. He's not a scrub. Any, yeah, he's no. not a scrub, right? Yeah. He's still he's still a fantastic player. Mm-hmm. But that's it. You take off Papu and, and it's, uh, I mean, he's, your lead, he's their leader too. So it's, Absolutely. It, it makes a difference. Yeah. I would have liked, I just want to throw this in. I would have really liked to see Illichich play, especially when he was in form pre-COVID. Oh, yeah. 100%. he was world-class at the time, but. Uh, you're yeah. right, Julian. They, they definitely shame. missed him. Definitely yeah. missed him. I mean, for me, it's like once Papu Gomez came off, I didn't see anything going forward from Atalanta. They were still trying to press, but like their, their attack wasn't organized as much as when he was on the field. Well, I mean, this could also be hugely important. But uh, again, I said Papu came off in the 59th. On the 60th minute, Mbappe came in, right? So <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's uh, I mean, it, it's not uh, rocket science. It's like, uh, rocket science. You know, it, it kind of makes a lot of sense that as soon as that happened, it changed a lot. Like Icardi came off, right? Icardi came off at, okay, well, 79th. So they were on for a little bit longer. But um, yeah, that's that's also a huge boost for PSG. Right. So, I mean, again, and at the end of the day, like they made it happen. It's, it's, it is what it is. Uh, I think Bergamo would have, you know, I mean, even all of Italy kind of would have uh, rallied around this team. Uh, and I mean, they still can, they, there's nothing, you know, there's no shame in, in kind of their season at all. I think they, they can be proud of what they achieved. Like, again, they technically, they, I mean, they went past Juve, right. They, they, excelled beyond the richest club in in italy right so yep. it's uh it's nothing to see in that for sure uh mike i'm glad you brought up mbappe because uh, he came on everyone knew he was injured and i didn't see any pressing from any atlanta players trying to physically stop him. and i'll yeah. and 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 that changed the game like they gave him i mean they were gassed at the end of the game and they gave him so much room he i think he destroyed Caldara on, on the wing uh, around for the first goal, I think it was, and he destroyed a lot of people. Uh, yeah, he, yeah, he destroyed <laughs> a lot of people. Yeah, but uh, but I was disappointed. You you know he's injured. You know he's not out a hundred percent. You know, uh, for me, it's not it's not the old days, but like a, give look, you know, rough him up a little bit. Like let, be a little bit more physical him. on him. Exactly, exactly, exactly. You make make him think twice. Known. Exactly. And I do. Sorry, go, go ahead. ahead no, 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 no. Finish. Uh, go ahead, uh, Chris. I, my thought. I finished my thought. I was just gonna say, I, I do think that was part of PSG's tactical plan because part of me wants to believe that if so Mbappe played and I I think he played well while he was on, I think most people would agree. He was probably fit enough to start and play 60 to 70 minutes. Um, But if we look at how a lot of games have gone, um, you know, post COVID or or post lockdown, um, because COVID still, still a thing, unfortunately um, a lot of, um, a lot of the games change, the flow of the games change uh, in this, you know, 60 to 65th minute uh, when those first batch of subs come on. So um, smart move from PSG. Uh, Atalanta's legs start to get tired in the 60, 65th minute. And then what do they do? They bring on their most electric, most um, dominant, uh, most really dominant like player. Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, you could argue Neymar, but um, so I think the timing of bringing Mbappe on also had a, a big impact on the game versus him starting um, from the opening whistle. Yeah, agreed. Okay, well, I think uh, you know. Let's uh, let's take this time to kind of uh, regroup. We'll take a break here. Uh, I think what we'll do is uh, when we come back, we'll talk about uh, just the transfer rumors. Let's see, is Mbappe coming to uh, Atlanta next season? <laughs> we'll, we'll find out, I guess. Um, but uh, yeah, let's take a quick, a quick sip of water here. All right, welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. Um, I, sh- I should say, actually, uh, feel free to uh, join us, join the conversation with us on uh, on Twitter at Rete This Way, R E T E This Way, um, <laughs> and on Instagram, R T W Calcio, R T W C A L C I O. Again, we're going to be posting. We'll post a lot of the stuff we're kind of chatting about, what we see out there. Um, we might have polls, you know, we'll have lots of things. If you ever want to ask us something, you want us to talk about something, feel free to kind of, 
uh, again, join us in conversation there. And uh, we'd love to kind of have you guys uh, direct us. Cause again, ultimately we want you to want to listen to us. So let's, you know, let's do that. Let's, let's get some interesting content out there. Um, okay. So we talked about, uh, you know, Pirlo Juve, we talked about uh, Inter with Europa, uh, Atlanta, CL, um, I think what we'll do now is we'll, we'll kind of go into the transfer rumors. I think that's, you know, silly season. That's what they call it. So let's, uh, let's get silly boys. What do we got? Um, look, I think for, for me, and he's probably been the name on uh, most people's transfer radars in Serie A is it's Tonali. Oh yeah. I think um, realistically he, he could have left last summer um, after Brescia got promoted. That being said, I don't blame him for, for wanting to stay um, at a young age. I think it's still important for, for players to get minutes. And he got a ton of those this year. Um, unfortunately, also a lot of losing. Um, but <laughs> that being said, I, I think he's ready to take that next step to a big club. Uh, and I guess the decision for him is, you know, do I go to um, one of the, the biggest clubs in Italy and fight for my spot? Uh, or do I meet somewhere in the middle? Um, <laughs> I hate to say it, but a club like Milan, where he, he <laughs> might get uh, some more minutes than he would at a club like Inter or like Juve. Um, so it'll be interesting to see where he goes. It sounds like the price tag is 40 to 50 million. Which is um, crazy. So... I feel like, is he not rated higher than that's that? What... No, nah, that's what Tolino wants. Rumors I've seen, like Inter's almost... They've agreed with him. They're trying to agree with Tolino now, but it's like around Inter's offering thirty-five. So from, from and they don't want to so from what I money. understand is that Tolino's waiting out for Juventus because uh, they know they can probably get a better deal from Juventus and probably players that they can use in their season Serie B. Right. No, that's fair. That's a good point. I guess is it fair to say though he's staying in Serie A? Yes. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, unless he wants to go to uh, you know the Dutch league. <laughs> no i think no he's again he's a talent you can you could see it every time he's on the pitch right like he's just he controls the game i like i i don't think a lot of the similarities with Pirlo i think are just like the hair absolutely uh, but the hair and the fact that he's exactly yes. yeah but i think again he he has the ability to to kind of control um not again in playing style necessarily but in just <laughs> raw talent so again it would be it would be huge for Inter, I think, who, uh, you know, could, if they are they finish second this year, I think that could be someone who could push them, you know. Next year is going to be a, a different season completely. Like, you can tell with a lot of the changes that have happened, I think that would be a like, huge get for them. For sure. I think it's, a, honestly, I think it's a good fit. I mean, I am also biased. definitely yeah. a little bit biased, but... Um... I think it'd be a good fit in the fact that he can go there and he wouldn't have all the pressure be on him right away. Assuming they're still going to have Brozovic, they're going to have Barella, they're going to have Eric right. Sensi, assuming the guy's healthy, he'll still be there. Like He'll have to compete for... He'll get minutes. And he's going to be playing a three-competition. He'll get minutes, no doubt. Um, I think it'll be good, though, in the fact that he won't have all the pressure Yeah, and I him. feel like you're right. At Juventus, he will have that pressure, right? I think they, just the fact... Like, their midfield needs work and I think like he could probably Chris you were talking about how he could walk into Milan and play I feel mm-hmm. like he could walk into Juventus and play just because the fact of you know Kadira was on is in that midfield uh, Matuidi just left but uh, those are all veteran players that don't uh, I, I think Tonali would be above them especially next year right like again Matuidi's gone so it doesn't mm-hmm. really matter but fair uh, enough I, I, yeah they're trying to go to Ramsey as well yeah. There'll be space in I think again. I think there will be. So it, it it depends what happens. Like we know Arthur's coming in, so it's that's one space possibly gone. But uh, yeah, I mean, ultimately it depends. Obviously, what Pirlo is going to have as a formation, too, right? That too. That'll play a big part. I think at the end of the day, I mean, would he be a good fit at Inter? Yes. Uh, I honestly think he he's going to be a good fit wherever he goes. He's just one of those players. He's one of those talents that he'll make it work. He'll. He'll he'll work into the system. He'll he'll gel with uh, the players he's working with. Um, so, like we've been saying, I think his his decision is you know what sort of playing time or how how much playing time do I want to fight for these next uh, three or four years, um, which is uh, different than I guess the situation uh, David Silva is uh, potentially looking at. Um, 
when I first read that Lazio was kind of <laughs> at the forefront of, of securing him, I, I honestly, I had to go and, and look it up at, to find multiple sources uh, reporting the same thing. Cause I, I didn't really believe it. It's hard. It's still hard for me to believe that a player of David Silva's um, ability and I guess uh, recognition around the world would, yeah. would sign for Lazio. Pedigree, uh, not, right? like... Yeah. And not that Lazio is a small club. I mean, they, they've got a history, but, uh, recently, I mean, yes, they did well in Serie A this year, and uh, they've won, I believe, some Coppa Italias. But um, I think it would be a coup for for Lazio to get a player like him. But uh, Paulo, you were saying um, before the call that it looks like that might get stalled. So um... exactly, yeah. Uh, there hasn't. Uh, I was reading reports that uh, he's he's waiting on a, a bigger a bigger um, club to come calling. Uh, I read Juventus, uh, especially now that Pirlo is a manager, uh, that he's waiting to be uh, uh, wooed by by Juventus. Uh, To me, I think it's just cold feet. Uh, I think they just want the European season to be over. Uh, Technically, technically Manchester City is still in the Champions League. So out of respect respect for his current employers, no no decision has been made. Uh, For example, will take the uh, PNH Arthur swap. I think, uh, I mean, they wanted to get it over with, but that you can tell that uh, that affected both players and how they played. Uh, for example, Arthur did not play the rest of the season after that that transfer was made official. Yeah, that would drive me insane as a as a as a teammate. I mean, I, I can't. I've never been in those boots, but just from the outside looking in, that would drive me insane. But I digress. Go ahead. <laughs> and 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 you can tell Pjanic was you know mentally checking out like i think he still gave it a, his all but you know when when you're announcing that you're leaving i mean sure you want to put your best foot forward but it, it it's not the same it's definitely not the argue, same i would argue over the past couple seasons uh <laughs> after we like secured or, or just confirmed that he was going to barca i kind of i would say that he pay, played a little better um but again like he yeah it's it. Like you can't kind of you can't expect players to, especially if they have one foot out the door, to, uh, you know, really, you can't expect a lot from them. I and think they're heading to be and obviously, but yeah. But but as Chris said, I mean, it would be a coup for for Lasu to get a, a player oh, yeah. like like David Quality, uh, so, uh, sorry, David Silva's quality, and for me, that would change the whole complexion of the Serie A season next season. Uh, that that would put Lazio in serious uh, conversation as title contenders, in my opinion. I don't know. My only concern with them is their depth. I don't think they have enough depth to compete in three competitions. I mean, realistically, this year, the only reason they were, I shouldn't say the only reason, but one of the main reasons they were competing with Juve until the lockdown was because they were only yeah. playing Serie A. They were playing once a week. So they had basically the same eleven guys going out uh, weekend. Week uh, out. Mike, if uh, as the uh, can you can you look this up? Weren't they in uh, Europa League this season in the Europa League uh, group stage? Uh, they, they were in the group stage, they but they got out. knocked out. Yeah, yeah, like they didn't make it to the knockout. Yes, ones. Julian, I, I would I agree and disagree. So I think, um, as as things stand right now, do they have enough depth to truly challenge for the Scudetto? No, so that's why I agree. But a player of David Silva's ability um, puts them in the right direction with regards to midfield depth. Um, sure. And then if they can secure probably another center back, realistically, uh, there were some center backs playing during the lock after Loco. I, I didn't even know who they were, to be honest with you. Uh, might've been some, some Academy uh, um, call-ups, but yeah, Lazio depth would definitely go a long way for them truly challenging. Were they linked? I know they were linked to another striker. Oh, the, um, uh, yeah, Turkish from Bacha, he has a difficult name to pronounce. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm not, yeah. That, Mariki? Yeah. Mariki? Mariki? Uh, hopefully some Turkish fans can, uh, come, can write us and, and, and explain how to pronounce his name. Cause, uh, we're, we're not, we're not experts on, on Turkish league right now. I'm not even going to guess how to pronounce it. I don't want to embarrass myself, <laughs> yeah. but, uh, uh, yeah, no, de- definitely. I, I think Caicedo, um, just that I don't want to leave him out here when we're talking about Lazio strikers. I think he's he's serviceable. Uh, I would probably label him though as more of a squad player. Um, I think if you're I think if you're relying sure. on Caicedo to play big minutes, um, you're probably not challenging for the Scudetto. But I, I think he's still effective. So um, it'll be interesting to see what Lazio does on top of a David Silva transfer, assuming that even goes through. Who knows? Yeah, and, and you, like they have to do something because to Julian's point too, like 
you could tell when they came back from the break and just the how you know how condensed the season was at that point mm-hmm. you can tell that there was like a little bit of you know they were one point behind you they ended up finishing what is it let's see 78 to 83 right so they ended the, the gap i mean you also kind of uh fell off near the end there too yeah but yeah you really lost at one point they, they had a seven but they won the league with the yeah exactly out. right so at one point they had like a bigger lead point lead so it's it's kind of they definitely need to do something especially now that they're in europe and are i mean they're they're they should be in europe next season um I think they are right. They're not even in qualifiers. Yeah, yeah, yeah they go straight to the group stage. Yeah, yeah. with all the teams like that. Yeah. So it's yeah. again, they they should. Uh, we'll see though. Again, maybe maybe their sights are next year are going to be still on Scudetto, and you know anything else is gravy. Which is, you know, op- that's how some teams operate. Um, but it'll be interesting, and I think again, Juve just to touch on them too. Like they they need to do stuff. We know that. Like we we need. Juventus needs uh, midfield. They need uh, defenders. They, uh, they need strikers. Oh, that's the whole team. A manager with experience. Uh, yeah, <laughs> they need wing backs. Center backs are okay. Yeah, center backs are okay. But look, he came. He came into his own down the stretch for sure. Demerol looked good before he got yes, hurt. Yeah, well, yeah, Mike. Speaking of Juve, I mean, if you guys don't mind, I might as well stay on. Stay on. You know them as a club. So. I think we've all now heard the, the rumors, and they're nothing but right now, Ronaldo leaving. Um, the ball okay. leaving. The ball leaving, one Dibalo or the other. Yeah, they have to sell one of the um, two. But then now, apparently, Benzema coming in. Yeah. Um, well, <laughs> I guess from the, the two Juve fans um, on the call here, what are your thoughts on him coming in? Um, whether Dybala leaves or Ronaldo leaves, uh, just thoughts on, on Benzema coming in. Potentially. Yeah, Paul, you go ahead. So, uh, number one, uh, I'll, I'll echo most of the Juventus fans around around the world. It's the Bala non si tocca. I mean, uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, the guy, I mean, the, the, the guy literally dragged this team to the Scudetto. I mean, Ronaldo. Chris, I, I should remind you that he was the Serie A MVP. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, and sorry, Paul, before you continue, yeah. so just the. To... Continue off, Mike. Uh, and who was the Juve team MVP? Oh, that was Cristiano Ronaldo. Ah, okay. <laughs> I'm the dots now. Who scored 35 goals? Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Paulo. Go ahead. I had to. I had to add that in. I mean, uh, Ronaldo. The first few games after the lockdown was struggling, and I, and it was Dybala that carried that team. And you can tell there was a clip of Dybala congratulating Sari. Because according to the rumors, uh, Dybala was one of the only players that respected uh, Maurizio Sarri. And, and it showed the way he, he, he played the season. And that's why, I mean, I understand why he's asking 15 million euros a season. It is completely understandable. And I think there's, um, there's, there's a will on both sides to find an agreement. And I don't think he wants to go to, to Manchester United uh, I've been hearing uh, swap rumors for for Paul Pogba. I mean, interesting. It, 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 United is not talking. It, but that's the thing. Honest. The Tuto Sport reported that it's a swap, um, a swap deal between uh, Dybala and and Pogba. So if they the only way they, the only way they would sell Pogba is if they would swap uh, Paulo Dybala. And to me, you're. It, it, to me, I don't think it's a good idea because you're giving away. You're, you cannot build. They want to talk about rejuvenating the squad. You cannot build your team around a 35-year-old player. I'm sorry. That makes absolutely no sense, and it goes contrary to what you've been saying after you got knocked out. So I, that's why I don't, I don't believe these rumors. I do believe that they're probably struggling to find a deal, and that's normal. They, they did that last season. Uh, and I, th- I still think that he wants to, he wants to play for Juventus. Yeah, I think you have to respect the fact that he is he is going to be the next captain, right? Like he's after the old guard leaves, you know, Chiellini is gone, Bonucci, whatever. Like it's 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 just it's so clear that it's DiBala and like how he carries himself, how he carries the team. He just he is. He, he defines Juventus honestly when he when he does anything. It's it's just it's incredible that he, this saga even exists. 
uh, even like last year, right? Like the whole thing about is he going, whatever's happening, like it's it was just incredible that they would even consider it. But that's, you know, plus Valencia FC, they need to uh, make sure that <laughs> the books are, you know, just have the, you know, what I would favor, give right? for so it's... the Dabala Icardi swap. At this point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's again it, it's just hard to fathom i think it's uh it, like paulo you're right i think you hit the nail on the head like you can't build why would you build around ronaldo i mean i understand why you would build around ronaldo but you can't build around 35 at this point in his career Sorry. now at this point in his well, career now again like i i agree to, i think benzema coming in is going to be helpful i think that's like who that could be who uh, Higuain wasn't this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree, yeah. You know, it, it could be, I, I think, what would really transform this team and, like, kind of just solidify this 10th year in a row, hopefully, uh, is you bring in someone, I mean, it's it's near impossible, but you bring in Zaniolo, that's, that's you're done, right? Like, mm. you, you're you cooking with fire there, right? Like, it's, it's uh, for me, a foregone conclusion. If you, if you, if you can swing that, again, sell whoever you need to sell besides Dybala uh, and Ronaldo, I guess, and Delict. Okay, don't sell anybody, a lot of people, but uh, again, you bring in quality <laughs> like that, like you're you're already going to be in great shape. Yeah, uh, actually, just before we move on to our, our next transfer rumors, I just wanted to say, I guess, I I agree. I think if Juve gets a, a striker like Benzema, a true you know center forward number nine type player, I think it's it's a great pickup for any club that gets him. I guess what I, what I'm curious to see is who does Madrid bring in to replace him? Because I know they're not in love with Jovic. Uh, he's a young player. I think he he could still develop to to become that next Benzema type player. But uh, it sounds like they're not too high on him. So if that's the case, they're gonna have to buy someone. Um, I don't know if there's a striker out there right now that they can buy uh, that's going to, you know, meet Madrid standards. So it'll be interesting to see if he does leave uh, at the same time, who, who are they replacing him with? Yeah. Um, so yes, yeah, speaking... sorry, Mike, I'd go ahead. The, I'd say that the next Galactical mm-hmm. is going to be uh, Erling Haaland. Um, that's going to be, that kid is so good. Machine. There's, Oh, he's a machine. There, yeah, there's yeah, no question. Like that guy is, uh, I don't know if when he'll leave Dorman, but uh, he is, he's going to go to a massive club and he's going to be massive. Like you, you can. Odds are it'll be Byron to be Lewandowski's yeah. replacement. Yeah. But the timing would work out. Yeah. <laughs> Seems to be where Dorman yeah. players go. So yeah, speaking of strikers, uh, the, the next one I wanted to, to talk about briefly is uh, former Juve player, uh, Mario Mandzukic reportedly being linked with uh, with Fiorentina, uh, which which is interesting because we know we're reading about how players like Chiesa might be on their way out, uh, Dusan Vlaovic, one of their strikers, on their way out. Uh, so a rather young club, um, potentially bringing in an experienced, um, you know, former Scudetto-winning striker. Uh, curious to know what you guys think about that move uh, for him uh, as, as an individual and for Fiorentina as a club. I've got, I'll take the lead on on this one because uh, my my experience uh, translating uh, these articles, and I I think it would be a a good move for Fiorentina. They desperately need that type of experience. Uh, it kind of sh- uh, showed the season they didn't have uh, they 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 have Chiesa as their as their captain, and it it, it kind of faltered. They 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 didn't seem to be a solid team. They they're very inexperienced. They gave up the lead multiple times in, in the games that I've watched the, uh, this season. And I think a, a player like Mandzukic, who has that, that, that type of, um, as, as we will use an, ex, um, an expression from Allegri, that Grinta or, or Gattuso, whatever. Gattuso, yeah. Yeah, Gattuso, yeah. That would, would bring that, that team to the next level. Uh, it's, it's the same thing he did with Juventus. I think when when he played for Juventus, uh, he brought him to another level and gave him another level, uh, another option up front. I mean, imagine imagine a front two of Kutrone and Mandzukic. No, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I like Mandzukic, but Paulo, you're I think you're spot on. As soon as Ribery got hurt this year, the Fiorentina kind of fell apart. Yeah, they started really strong, strongly, right? 
I think, I mean, yeah. again, like Chris said, like he's a champion, right? Like you bring that mentality. He's like, he's so, he's, he's a leader. That's it, right? So he, he, he can come and he brings in quality. Um, and I think it was actually, I think this year, Marquisio was saying like, that's kind of what Juve was missing this year too. So, I mean, again, mm. you, you bring that to any team, you're going to bring up that the quality of that team right away. Um, I, I don't think we're, you know, we're kidding ourselves. I don't think they're going to be anywhere close to the top of the table. Um, but who knows? Maybe. No. Fighting for Europe, I think. I don't think they'll yeah. get higher than, yeah, than that, fair. to be honest. So uh, speaking about uh, uh, Fiorentina, uh, so there's uh, two Fiorentina players at Milan are uh, close to the room with uh, Milankovic and Chiesa. Mm-hmm. And uh, Chris, as the resident Milan fan, I want to get your uh, your thought on that. Yeah, I mean, look, both players are are young. They're exciting, um, you know, in demand with with a lot of clubs around Europe. Um, Milankovic, I would say to me, is is the more um, exciting, you know, transfer rumor right now. Um, mainly because when I look at Milan and you say, you know, where where is there a hole? Uh, the back line is definitely uh, one spot I'd, I'd I'd point to. Uh, yes, um, signing uh, Simon Kier in January helped significantly. Um, but long term, who, who's going to be Romagnoli's partner? Um, Milankovic has said, yeah, experience. Um, I think the next step for him is is to make a jump to a club that's that's pl- going to be playing in Europe. And I'm, I'm knocking on wood right now, guys, because we know uh, Milan's past two seasons have gone with, with playing in Europe. So um, <laughs> it's interesting. My only concern, and I don't know how other Milan fans feel about this, but I'm still not giving up on Lucas Paqueta. Um, but it sounds like if we're going to get Chiesa and or Milenkovic, um, Paqueta's going the other way. Um, and, and I get it because Milan's trying to balance the books um, or reduce the cost by him going the other way. But um, I still think there there is so much talent there. I think he's been um, played out of position uh, almost as a winger a lot of the times when um, he sh- ideally, I think, should be playing behind the striker. Um, where Chalanoglu's playing, but again, discussion for a different day. So um, it's exciting to think that you know one or or both of those young players could be coming. But um, I would be a little disappointed if if we had to give up a current uh, young, talented player that we that we've had for the past few years. So that's where I stand on that. We'll see how it lands. Uh, st- still on uh, on Milan. Uh... Mm-hmm. Uh, no, uh, they need a lot of work. Let's be honest. Uh, so uh, another rumor that that I was completely shocked by. Well, not shocked by, but just bewildered at the price tag that Milan was even considering was <laughs> was uh, uh, was Bakayoko. From what I understand, is Sky Sport is reporting that uh, that that the loan that that they're ta- that they're willing to discuss a loan. Uh, so about a three million euro loan fee and then a thirty five million euro bio clause. I mean, a player. Uh, I, I just have to get this, I guess, off my chest. But if, if this was, if this was, if you still on Chelsea and had after that great season at Monaco, uh, thirty-eight million for that for Bakayoko, you know, a few years ago, no problem. Thirty-eight million uh, euros for this, uh, for this Bakayoko, I'd, I'm, I'm completely uh, bewildered at, at that, at that fact. Yeah, look, yeah, but, yeah. I think, go ahead, Mike. Like, you just need to look at the, like the market in general, I think it's crazy. The numbers that are going around for a lot of these players. Um, I don't know that. I don't know. I, I don't know that he's not worth that, especially in this market, but I don't know. Chris, what were you going to say? I was just say, I, I love Bakayoko. The, like, <laughs> I, I love him. I going back to when he, when he had that fantastic season at Monaco and Monaco in general had a great season. Uh, I think he does so much in midfield. Um, you know, probably, uh, a box to box midfielder um, is, is how I would define him. Um, but yeah, the price tag right now, um, I don't know if, if 38 million is, is, is what we should be spending our money on right now. Um, if we can get him in on a loan, I'm all for it. Uh, maybe we'll end up buying him at a lower price um, at the end of the season. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm all for having Bakayoko in the squad. I think having him, um, supporting Kessie and Benacer is is mind blowing to think that our midfield could be that good. <laughs> but um, yeah, for that price tag, I, I don't know if um, if if that's in Milan's budget right now. Is it is it in Milan's budget to 
do they dare to Zlatan? Are they going to bring oh, him back? That, that's another can of worms, Mike, but I'm, I'm glad you brought it up. You know what it is with him? Um, is he worth it? Let's say we sign him, we resign him, and he's making $7 million. Yeah. Is he going Euros. to give us, yes, yeah, 7 million euros? Thanks for pointing that out. Um, <laughs> if he, uh, is he going to give us 7 million euros worth? of on-field performance my answer is no and i think any milan fan that expects seven million dollars of on-field performance that you're going to be disappointed i think what you get by bringing him back is his mentality and his attitude and I, I think there are so few players in the world that have his mentality and his drive and his experience and i think milan being as young as they are i think they were one of the youngest clubs in Serie A last year. Uh, anyways, I think the way he can influence the group going forward for for seasons to come, I think that's what's worth the seven million. That's so, the value, for um, sure. like, look look at when they came or when he came in. Like, he, he came in January, didn't he come? That, he did that window. Yeah, like they were a different team after that. There's Agreed. no doubt. Like, it's yeah, they were one of the best teams. Yep. Though, oh, exa- exactly. And I think again, a lot of that you have to attribute to Ibra. Just his like again. He's got that Mamba mentality, mm-hmm. right? He's he's got just that swagger, and he's he's got that confidence. I think again, like a lot of things went right for them as well um, that weren't going right before. But again, it's 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 undeniable. Just he he has he has exactly that, Chris. Yeah, yeah. Not not too many man of the match performances coming from him anymore at his age. But oh, yeah. Um, yeah, you can't deny the the intangibles, the off the field stuff that uh, he's going to bring to the club. So I hope he comes back. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll see. This is uh like you said, Mike, the silly season. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Speaking of silly season as well, let's just talk about one, and then we can move on. Um, and we'll let uh, Coach Chris uh, bring us through a, f- a few things. But I think uh, the insane, literally insane, messy rumors uh, <laughs> are Inter Milan. Uh, his Messi's father bought a penthouse next to the headquarters. Now Messi's doing it. Listen, all I'm going to say is genuinely, could that have been Messi's last game at Barca, losing like just horrifically to Bayern Munich? Uh, that would be like, did he pick up the, the game ball at the end and be like, okay, this is my, last, <laughs> my last Barca game. I, I better take some souvenirs. Julian, why don't you start? I'm watching that game now. Oh, you're watching it now? Yeah, Julian, um, why don't you uh, start us off? Yeah. I don't think so, to be <laughs> yeah, honest. I think that's just. Uh... It's a very nice dream, and quite frankly, everybody – I see it all the time on Twitter. People who don't follow Serie A, don't follow Inter, like, oh, Inter can't afford anything. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, for five years we were under financial fair play restrictions, but we're owned by one of the largest conglomerates in China right now. So realistically, they would be able to afford it if they wanted to. The question is, do they want to put Inter – do they want to put that mm. on the books again? Right. And does Messi want to leave Barcelona, right? Like, that's – that's another thing, too. And, I mean, realistically, it's called spade to spade. Where does Messi – you make Messi fit in a 3-5-2, but where does he fit mm-hmm. in a 3-5-2? Well, you have to do what – I mean, again, Ronaldo coming from Madrid uh, is – you know, was also just a crazy – like, I remember when that happened, everyone was like, no, that's not a thing. And then literally three days yeah. later, it's yeah. confirmed, right? So it's – it's it, again, it's silly season, but sometimes, you know, there's a little bit of truth to it. I, I think – Messi is, uh, I think he maybe he's trying to just you know rattle some <laughs> some cages over there and kind of get what he's looking for at uh, Camp New, which is not surprising to me. And and to your point, Mike, uh, the Barcelona, Barcelona's president uh, Bartomeu, uh, you know, came out today saying that changes are inevitable and they'll be announced shortly. So most likely. Yeah. Most likely, uh, uh, Setien is, is, is will be fired. Uh, I think that was confirmed by a bunch of reports today. Uh, and yeah, I think that's yeah, already been confirmed. Yeah. The biggest change could be Messi leaving, though, Paul. That's all I'm saying. Sure, but but you know they they want to you know PK said that there has to be structural changes. So maybe okay, but Paulo, how many international trophies has Messi won? Uh, he's won a lot uh, for uh, Argentina. <laughs> For Argentina, he hasn't won any, but that's that, that's well, a conver- that's a conversation for another day, Mike. Like, don't, let's, not, let's not open those can of worms, you know. Uh, but but uh, I just want to wrap up my point: is that is is that there will be there will be structural changes at Barcelona, and and if 
if Barcelona can prove that there'll be that there'll be structural changes, then I think Messi will stay. Yeah, I, I think he's staying. Uh, you know, his dad can buy a penthouse. Messi can, Messi can name his dogs Antonio and Conte until, <laughs> until I see him holding up an Inter shirt um, with the owners. I, 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 won't, I won't believe them. I think like Julian said there, it's, it's a dream. Um, it's, I'm sure it's exciting if you're you know, a casual Inter fan and you, you, know, you, you really think that's going to happen. Um, but you know, I think he's staying. He's been there at Barcelona since he was 13. I think if he ever does leave, uh, he goes back to uh, Newell's. Uh, in Argentina, uh, his boyhood club. Uh, maybe MLS. I, I, that's maybe a dream MLS, for me but... as well. Uh, I think realistically it's back to Argentina, but I would love to be wrong on that one. Yeah. So I, I just, uh, before we move on to another topic, uh, I just want to get uh, touch upon another Inter rumor. Uh, so today there was uh, reports that uh, Inter made progress for, uh, for Kumbula. Uh, so a 20-year-old center back, and I think this directly impacts uh, Skriniar, who uh, was uh, who was rumored to be involved in a swap for a uh, Spurs player. One of you can can help me out with the name. Uh, Ndombele. So I just wanted to get uh, get uh, Julian your thoughts as the resident Inter fan. It's honestly it's tough. Skriniar, I mean, his first season with Inter, the guy was. Unbelievable. He was amazing. Second season, season under Spalletti was still very good. Um, unfortunately, this year, back three, he struggled with it. I mean, Bastoni's been our breakout player, and if you look back through Inter's Champions League campaign, he didn't play in any of our Champions League games. He didn't start in any of them. Um, they always try to do the screenier the ride Godin back three, um, but it seems as soon as they've switched now to the Goudin, DeVry, Bastoni, they've been much better. I'm not saying it's directly Skriniar's fault, obviously, but he still, obviously, you'd get a lot for him, especially if they were able to bring in Ndombele. And if you can get Kabula as a backup, as much as you don't want to see him go, it's it's good business, realistically. It is. Uh, I'm glad you brought up Bastoni because I remember watching him a lot last season at Parma, and I knew right away this uh, this kid was going to be uh, a steal for Inter this season. Yeah, he's been honestly he's been surprised this season. He's I expected him to get minor minutes, some Serie some Copa Italia, but the way he's performed, honestly, he's been like he's been very very good. He still makes some rookie mistakes here and there, of course, but throughout the season overall, he's been fantastic. So, I, I mean, after after seeing Bastoni play this season, how would, like, you're, as you said, Julian, you're not as torn to see Skriniar go? Yeah, for sure. I think, like, Bastoni's locked down the left side of that three-man defense for a while. My only concern is when I've seen Kambula play, he's in the middle of the 3-5-2. Um, whereas usually Skriniar would be playing out wide. Right now, DeVry's in the middle of the 3-5-2. I don't see him moving. So that's where my only concern comes in. They're going to have to push somebody out to the right. So, Realistically, Godin, he's got a couple more seasons okay, so, in him. Because I was rumored that Go- I was hearing rumors early on that Godin might leave, but I don't, I don't think anything came, up, came, up, uh, came out of that. So, so you think, think he's going to stay? Okay. No, I think that was... Before the lockdown, I mean, he struggled to find his feet well in the three-man defense. But really, since the lockdown, he's been he's been very solid. He's been quite good. Okay. Um, do we want to jump in? And as I said, I'm watching the Barca Bayern game here. I think we should talk about a couple of the Canadian players. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I don't want to spoil it uh, too much for you, Julian, in case you haven't <laughs> seen the whole. <laughs> It's already All right, seven so, at this point. Yeah, you've seen enough then. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah. look, I'm, uh, I have been and I'm, I'm still over the moon that, you know, Canada has a national team player playing, you know, at the highest level and, you know, now going to be playing in a Champions League semifinal in Alfonso Davies. Uh, his performance against Barcelona was exceptional. Um, for those who haven't seen his assist, uh, go find it on YouTube right now. Pause the podcast. Go watch it and then come back to the podcast. It's that good. Um, What you really see are his skills that he developed at Vancouver as a winger. 
uh, and you can kind of see that come out when he undresses uh, Semedo. Um, super patient along the goal line and cuts it back. Uh, I believe it was to uh, Joshua Kimmich uh, for a goal. So fantastic assist, but great game overall. Um, so again, fantastic to see a, a Canadian player playing at the highest level. Um, and I, I don't want to discredit, uh, you know, a player like Atiba Hutchinson, who's been, who's been at Besiktas for years, um, you know, was, was my favorite player, Canadian player growing up, um, played in the Europa League a ton. Um, but there's definitely a big difference between playing, you know, in Europa League with Besiktas versus um, playing with Bayern Munich in now a Champions League semifinal. Um, so, so kudos to him. I think it's, it's fantastic for Canadian soccer. Um, you know, young soccer players, you know, across the country now, um, you know, don't have to go digging for, you know, YouTube highlights like I did of, you know, like Paul Stalteri and Dwayne Di Rosario to, to see, you know, their Canadian heroes playing. Uh, Ian Hume. Ian, Ian Hume, yeah. Um, you know, they can turn Craig on. Forrest. Okay, I'll, I'll stop now. Go ahead. They can, they can turn on Sportsnet uh, or DAZN, I guess, now uh, and watch, you know, a Canadian player uh succeed at the highest level. Um, and then just very quickly, guys, uh, you know, we're all from Ottawa. We're all aware of, of Jonathan David's success. So again, just tying that into what um, Alfonso Davies is doing. I think the, the, um, the future of Canadian soccer is undoubtedly in their hands. Uh, but I think much like um, Christine Sinclair has done and will continue to um, inspire the next generation of, of, um, women's uh, national team players. I think Jonathan David um, is doing this, uh, similar things to what Alfonso Davies is. So super exciting. Um, um, even more so uh, supportive of Jonathan David, given that he's, he's from the city we all, all grew up in. Uh, we probably played on some of the same fields as him. Um, so it, it's exciting. And um, I love the move to Lille. And um, I'm sure he'll continue to grow there. And maybe he's playing... Um, with Davies at Bayern Munich in three or four years and, from now. And, and we'll, we'll connect back to that to Calcio. He's, he's uh, replacing a player that just moved to, uh, moved to Napoli. So, I mean, uh, it, it, if it wasn't for Napoli buying, uh, I believe it was Osman, uh, yeah. and, and he, Jonathan David would not have had that opportunity to, to move to Lille. So, I mean, uh, it's a great, it's a great uh, 360 that we just connected all these dots. And again, uh, Chris, you, you, you said it, uh, you said it. Uh, you said it very well. In that, you know, we're all proud to see. Uh, you know, two players are now breaking through uh, through the main to, to the mainstream. I mean, uh, I saw people commenting on Twitter saying, "Wow, a Canadian can play soccer like that." I mean, <laughs> I mean, we've been waiting for this uh, uh, for this for people to say that for the last fifteen twenty years. Uh, growing up watching mm-hmm. watching Premier League soccer on, on Sportsnet. Uh, waking up at like nine o'clock in the morning to to watch these games. I mean, uh, it's something that as a Canadian, as a Canadian and uh, and a soccer fan, I would not have dreamt of uh, twenty years ago. Yeah, and and again, it's it's just that he, like specifically Alfonso Davies, he has just become like he's literally world class. You know, like there's no there's no doubt that he, again, he made he made Barcelona look silly. He made Barcelona look like Inter Milan. <laughs> there it is. You're saving that one. That's it. I have, I have it in my back pocket. Um, Listen, that was Inter when Nagatomo was playing. <laughs> Banter era. Yeah, which I think he's coming back. I think I heard he's uh, coming back in a, a coaching capacity. Nagatomo's good, yeah. I think it was he's going to sign if Messi signs, something like that. Right. I heard that. Yeah, <laughs> part of the package. Uh, it's actually his father. They're staying in the same penthouse. They're going to make a show of it. <laughs> um, okay. I think, uh, Paulo, uh, do you want to maybe save Serie B playoffs uh, for another episode, or do you want to uh, kind of yeah, so, around it? No, I just, want to, I just want to mention one thing about Serie B. Uh, 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 so Sunday, uh, there's uh, Frozenone Spezia. That's the playoff final. So that that the winner of that, uh, that those two legs will uh, will be in Sir- uh, the third uh, third team promoted to Syria. And I just wanted to mention that uh, my my second my my, my regional team uh, because uh, I grew up uh, with Aber- Aberdeen's heritage uh, Pescara. 
uh, is safe in Serie B for, for, the, for the upcoming season. So I'm very happy about that. Uh, and I want to mention that Hugo Campanaro played his last game today. Wow. Yeah. Remember him. Yeah. Angel Angel Legend, exactly. <laughs> so I just wanted to mention that. I think that's a great way to uh, attend off this podcast. All right, excellent. Um, and hopefully, Pescara can send you some sort of uh, free merch. Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll tag them on, on Twitter. I'll, I'll tag them on <laughs> yeah. Twitter. Yeah, they'll, I mean, hey, they, they love us. We're, we're good. Uh, we're, we're all, well, you, myself, uh, Julian, Chris, are you a Brutes? Yeah, I'm, a, I'm half and half. Half a Brutes, half Calabres. Yeah, same. Less, yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Best of both worlds. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so again, uh, Pescara Calcio, it'd be very nice if you could send uh, four of the uh, Delphini. Uh, oh, rainbow, jerseys. rainbow jerseys. I would love. Yeah, they're those. beautiful. So let's yeah. uh, let's get some of those in our uh, <laughs> in our little uh, you know in our rooms there. Um, okay, that, I think that's it, guys. Yep. Uh, thanks for uh, thanks everyone who took the time to listen to uh, this inaugural episode. Um, we're, we'll be back. We're going to make this as regular as possible. And again, we're, we're going to bring, you know, the news analysis, uh, hopefully a little bit of fun, a little f- bit of making fun of Paulo, perhaps. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but again, I, I hope uh, I hope everyone kind of listened to this is uh, enjoying it. Again, we, we have fun talking about it. So again, feel free to and hopefully share with, you know, your your soccer friends. Again, don't hesitate to uh to take the conversation to us as well and kind of say hey talk about this you know we're, we're interested in that um we'll do what we can paulo will do what he can to do all the research he can of course do. yeah um and and again we'll we'll kind of bring that uh to uh to the discussion board here um okay guys any last uh last little plugs good till next week exactly paulo? <laughs> I just can't. I, I can't wait Be for what up. other silly rumors are going to show up uh, in the coming week. Yeah, I think, I'm, I, I think now someone's going to run with Nagatomo too. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Nagatomo to Barcelona. Yeah, <laughs> for the first team, he's going to be the uh, going to be the new manager. He's gonna, he's, first team manager. He's going to be the structural change that uh, PK wants. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hey, never say never. Never say never. Uh, okay, with that, let's uh, we'll call it quits. Thanks, everybody, and uh, yeah, we hope to see you next uh, next episode as well.